Hi, hello, what is up? Welcome to the For The One podcast where I believe that God has given me through his Holy Spirit one specific message for one specific person that needs to hear it the most. If I've never had the pleasure of sliding into your DMs or having you slide into my DMs, I'm your host, My Unique. Let's just go ahead and jump right in. The title of this message, are you ready? It's called In My Feelings, right? But see, I'm kind of funny, so you're gonna hashtag it, Kiki, do you love me? Literally, that's the title. And if you don't know what that is, well, there's a song by Drake, and it's called In My Feelings, and it's like, Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? So you're never gonna be from beside me, cause I want you. Yeah, all that good stuff. So, the title of this message is called In My Feelings, and so if you have your Bible, you can open, or if you have your phone, to John chapter 14. And we're just going to put a pin right there because i got to explain some things as to why I decided to title my message after a Drake song. And so, um, okay, here's the thing. I don't like talking about a lot of like private information in my life. Like I keep some things to myself and to my close friends. And so I have a story to tell y'all, but I need you to give me a name. Okay, I need a name because I can't give the actual name of the person. Bob. Okay, Bob or Kenny, where are we going with? Okay, I heard more Bobs. We're gonna go with Bob. And so, uh, just for privacy notices, we're, we're just gonna say Bob. And so, here's, here's, what, here's how this is gonna break down, and it's gonna make a lot more sense, I promise. But I dated Bob for about a year very discreetly because I had one public relationship and then things went bad and all of a sudden my life was just like on display for the world and I was like I don't like it here you know what I mean it's like Justin Bieber he was like I'm in a bubble and everyone's just staring at me and I was like I don't like it so I decided after that relationship that I would keep a lot of private details very private and so I dated Bob and it was the best and so I have dated not a lot, but I've dated quite a few people in my life, and Bob is the only person that made me feel like I was really in love. And if you don't know what that feels like, I pray the day you do, because it's the best feeling in the entire world. And so, um, me and Bob dated for about a year and a half, and I truly believe it was one of the best relationships I've ever had in my life. Now, things with me and Bob did not work out, unfortunately. I wanted it to, but I can't push it. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things you just gotta let it be. And so me and Bob actually till this day are still great friends, one of my best friends, someone that I honor, someone that I respect, someone that I value. And so a couple of weeks ago, okay, and let me clarify that Bob is in a new relationship. And as the, the best friend and like the ex-lover, whatever you wanna call it, it is, my heart is that as long as Bob is happy, I'm happy. Now, people don't have that mindset. Don't ask Tia that. Tia's gonna be like, nah, I'm ready, I'm ready to, to mess up your relationship, it's okay. I'm not like that. If Bob is happy, I'm happy because I love Bob. That's the bottom line, is that I love Bob and Bob's happiness is my happiness at the end of the day, even though I wish it to be with me. And so I was having this conversation with God a couple of weeks ago because if you're, my close group of friends know this, 
is I talk about Bob a lot just because, again, it's a person that I honor so much in my life, so much I value. And I, I have these weird conversations with them where I say, I would never do anything to hurt Bob. Because once you love someone, like you truly love them and you truly value them, you don't want to hurt them. And it's so much so, like when you guys, like if some of y'all are dating, you already understand, or if you're gonna start dating soon, you'll understand, but when you're seeing someone that closely, you don't want to hurt them. And so throughout a whole year and a half of my life, my intentions were, I don't want to hurt Bob because I don't want to lose Bob. I never wanna do anything to jeopardize my relationship with Bob because I valued it so freaking much, like to the point where I'm just like, not anyone else, you can't say nothing, you know what I mean? Like I protect my relationship with Bob. I protected it against people, which means I kept the, the conversations short and sweet. I never put too much information out. When Bob had to correct me in love, it was one of those things like, you got it. Like, all right, this is what you're saying? Okay, consider it done. It's one of those kind of relationships. Just consider it done. Anything you tell me, consider it done. And so I was having a conversation with God the other day and I was like, I still, till this day, even as friends, would never do anything to hurt Bob. That's a good love, in my opinion. I'm like, look, if you, I'm a writer. I'm a ride or die type person. I mean, if I'm being honest, Bob, come back, but it's not gonna work, it's okay. <laughs> but I really ride for Bob, like that's my friend. And if you guys think, some of y'all, even if it's not in the dating aspect, you have that one friend that's like your rider, right? Like. I got, like, Tia can do no wrong to me even though she does wrong to me, right? Like, that's my girl. Like, I'm always going to defend her. I'm always going to have her back. I don't let people talk about her. Like, the moment anybody says anything about Tia, I shut down the conversation. It's like, nah, I'm not going to let you talk about her. I'm not going to let you do this. I don't let people disrespect my friends. Like, that's just the type of person I am. And so I was having this conversation with God about Bob because I was doing this thing where I just, like, get, like, the heart eye emojis, like, for real, for real. And I'm just spitting. I'm thinking about Bob. And I'm like, God. Bob is such a great person. Like, I love Bob so much. And then God said, it must be nice. And I was like, excuse me? Me and God have a sassy relationship. I'm going to put that, like, really, really, because I'm sassy. But God said, it must be nice. And I said, what that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? And he said, it must be nice to love someone so much that you would never want to hurt them. And I said, you're right. I do love Bob that much. I would never want to hurt Bob. And then God had to like do this thing with me where he heart checks me and he's just like, I just wish you loved me enough that much that you wouldn't want to hurt me. And I said, that's cold. I was just trying to enjoy my thoughts about Paul. And so it really got me thinking over the last couple of weeks. It's just like, I do know and God knows my heart. So it's like, God knows that I love Bob and he knows I would never do anything to hurt him. Meaning, if there's anything remotely close to me breaking my friendship with Bob, I don't want it. And so God had to check me because sometimes we get so comfortable with where we're at with God that we do things that intentionally hurt him. We do things that intentionally jeopardize our relationship with him. Now, granted, God is good and there's a thing called grace and we're so thankful for it, but how many of us are constantly taking advantage of God's grace because we know it's there? And we're doing things on the daily that still hurt him. And so God had to check me like really, really tough over the last couple of weeks because if I'm being honest, I still do things that hurt God. Like it can be something so small as just to not keeping my word, not spending time with him. Like I don't do that with Bob. I don't. 
This moment Bob calls, I'm like, yes, I drop all of my things and responsibilities and all my attention is on Bob and that's where I'm focused for however long I have to sit on the phone. But it's like, God asked me, do you love me enough though? Do you love me more than you love Bob? Now granted, I already knew the answer. I think he just wanted me to say it out loud so I felt convicted. So I was like, I want to say yes in this moment. But we know the answer is no because I have done things even in the last week that have hurt or offended God. And it's just like breaking my relationship with him. But the only thing is, is I love Bob so much that like I would never. But I didn't love God that much because I would never. Which is why we're going to read in John chapter 14. Because I had to process this like really deeply because I was like, am I that person? Am I that person? And sometimes we honestly don't recognize these things until we're presented the information. I would have never compared my relationship with Bob to my relationship with God. Not, not a chance. But now that it's here, it's literally been the only thought process I've had over the last couple of weeks because I keep asking myself, how much do I really love God? And how much do I really love Bob? Like it's backwards. And that was a heart check for me. And so in John, chapter 14 and this is weird because we're going to do verse 15 but in john chapter 14 verse 15 it says if you love me obey my commands and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate another advocate is the holy spirit i will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the holy spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him but you know him because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. Noah will not abandon you as orphans, but I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life, you will know that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them, and I will love them, and reveal myself to each of them. I'm going to pray real fast. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this time. We thank you for the opportunity to be in community and fellowship with one another as we draw near to you, God. I pray that you would use me, God, to speak the words that you want to your people to hear, God. We thank you that you are so strategic in your planning that every person that is here is here for a reason, and that is to hear and be with you. We give you all glory, all honor. In the name of Jesus we say, amen. So throughout my relationship with Jesus, I've always done these heart checks, and sometimes, as I think as I get older, they're getting harder. They're getting harder and harder because although Bob is now in a new relationship, I still hold Bob like here, you know what I mean? Like I'll still drop everything when they need me, when they call me, et cetera, et cetera. And so as God planted this like thought process of like my unique, do you love me? I said, well, yeah, like any of us do. When people ask us like, are you a Christian? Like a good Christian? It's like, of course I am, you know what I mean? But then you kind of have these heart checks and you ask God and sometimes it's like, well, this is questionable. This is questionable behavior. And so that's what's been happening over the last couple of weeks with me as I've had to do these things where I check myself because the scriptures literally say, if you love me, that's Jesus talking. So this happens right before Jesus is about to be crucified. 
And so he's going, he's getting ready to be crucified. And this is one of the, the private teachings that he has with his disciples. And so that's when he, he presents them. And so what ends up happening is Judas, who is a disciple that ends up betraying Jesus, as soon as he leaves, he starts this, this annotation with the rest of the disciples. And that's when he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now that is something that's literally so simple yet so profound. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I love my mom. I typically do as she tells me most of the time. I'm keeping those commandments, mainly because I live with my mom, so I don't got a choice, but it's because I love her and I do these things. When my mom needs me to run to Walmart when she doesn't feel like it, I'm the first one to be like, yeah, I'll go, you know what I mean? And, and I do these things because I love her. When my friends call and they need anything, typically, as long as it's not too wild, I am the person that responds like, okay, let's go. And so it's very easy for us to look at the relationships like present in the flesh and be like, yeah, I kind of do that with my friends. I kind of have that friend. Or if you're dating someone, I kind of have that boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever the case may be. And then we look at our relationship with God and it's not necessarily the same. And so even over the last week, as I, God was like, if you love me, keep my commandments, I, I start going to like, okay, commandments. Now, we all typically know like a right from wrong. What are God's commandments that he's giving me? What is he telling me? Things like you shouldn't lie. You shouldn't commit adultery. You shouldn't steal things. You shouldn't murder people. These are all things that God has given us as commandments because we love them. Now, uh, typically people have this weird flex mindset where they think that these commandments mean we're taking away the fun. And I think Priscilla was laughing because I say weird flex a lot. <laughs> I'm going to get it on the shirt, guys. It's okay. But we, uh, we do this thing where we, we get in this habit of our normal routines that we start taking advantage of the situation. And so I've realized that that's actually a strong thing in a young adult community, even in the youth community, is that they do this thing where we sin now and repent later because we know his grace is there. It's okay, I have no business doing this, you know, but I, it's okay, I'll just, I'll go home and pray about it. How many of y'all have said that before? I know I have. I'll go home and pray about it. You know what I mean? And it's like, it, it's this weird like mindset that we sin now, whatever that may be, and repent later. It's super strong in like when you're dealing with addiction, people who struggle with things like pornography, and I've shared it before, and probably will at some point in deeper lengths, but it's like, it was always for me when I was dealing with that of like, oh, I'll just watch whatever I wanna watch now, and God will forgive me tomorrow. Sin now, repent or pray later. And let me just clarify, to repent from something is not just to say, God, I'm sorry, but to repent means to, to say you're sorry, yeah, that's good and great, but to turn away from the thing you're repenting about. There's a difference between apologizing to God and being repentant. Repent means to turn away. And I don't know where people have gotten this mindset that like we just repent. It's like, oh, I'm just, I'm sorry, God, I shouldn't have done that. That's all good and that's great and I love that. But to repent, literally speaking, definition-wise, means to turn away. And so we've gotten so comfortable with where we're at that we say, it's okay, I know God doesn't want me doing this, but I'll just, I'll just repent later. 
But see, then I started thinking about that in the, in the fleshly aspect because me and Bob were best friends. And so I know if I do something to offend Bob or hurt Bob, Bob is going to cut me off and my unique will be crying all night. <laughs> Therefore, I don't do things that are going to hurt Bob. Bob doesn't extend that grace that God does. Bob will walk out of my life and not like care, if I'm being honest. People who can do that, bless your entire soul's tears like that. I can't do it. I'm a crybaby. I cry all the freaking time, like all the time. And so for me, because I know Bob will literally leave if I do something that will hurt Bob, I don't do anything to hurt Bob because I would never jeopardize that kind of relationship because I love Bob. And we've gotten so comfortable with where we're at with God is that we know that God can never leave. The Bible tells us he never leaves us or forsakes us. So when we do things like dabble in our sin and the things that hurt God, it's just, it's okay. He's still here. I can talk to him in the morning. And sometimes it makes me think, what if God was, was like us? Like if he was like in this, this human form, but he lived in the flesh like we do. I would have been cut off a long time ago from God. And that hurts me because I was like, dang, like I really have been. And let me clarify, anything that goes against God's word hurts God. That's what sin does. Sin hurts God because it was never intended for us to be in. That's what he went to. That's why Jesus went to the cross for our sins. And so I remember like reading this quote long ago. It was like every time you sin, just think that you are the person nailing in, you know, Jesus to the cross because that's what he died for. But like I said, we've gotten so comfortable with where we're at that we don't ask. I, to be honest, I'm 28 years old. I know I look 12, but like I'm 28. I had never asked myself how I hurt God. I mean, I knew I can, like I knew I was capable of it, but because I know God is always there, it was just like something I just overlooked. But the Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And sometimes I'm like, God, that's hard. <laughs> what are you talking about? I can't do all of that. But I do it for Bob because I was in love with Bob. So it's not that it's impossible. It's very possible. But it's like, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to love God? And that has just been wrecking me over the last couple of weeks as I've just started processing this. And so... I don't, I'm not, I don't have like bullet points for this today, but the, the question I just want you to think about, I want you to leave with is, do I really love God? Like I love God, don't get me wrong, but there's a difference between loving someone and being in love. And I say that because again, I've dated a lot of great people who I love and, and will cherish until I die, but it's like, Bob is the only person I've been in love with. Because as you like enter into a relationship, even with God, it's like when you love someone, you want to be better for them. There was never a day that I woke up that I was like myself. I always wanted to be better for Bob because Bob made me want to be the best version of me. Bob made me like have this attitude and mindset that I could do the impossible. So I started doing things I never thought I could do, like my dreams and my goals, instead of just sitting at home watching Gossip Girl all day. I started getting up and I was like, oh, hey, I'm good at this. 
I worked on some business things. I didn't even know business was in my DNA, but here it is. And I was like, I can do it, and I made some money, and it's good. But that's because the type of person that Bob was, it pushed me because I was in love. And so the question I ask is, are we in love with God? Like, do we, we love God. I love God. Don't get me wrong. I do. But I had to really check myself because I was like, I don't think I'm in love with God. I love God with my entire soul, but I was not in love. Because if I was, I wouldn't do things that hurt him. And so I, you don't have to turn here because I'm going to flip through scripture, but in Deuteronomy, which is in the, the beginning parts of the Bible, the things that sometimes people don't want to read. But in Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse 5, it says, And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commands that I am giving you today. Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. And then I started looking at that word because I was like, wholeheartedly. God, how do you, what? And so anytime the enemy tried to do this thing, because like I struggle with my thoughts sometimes, it was like, anytime it was just like, that's impossible. God, me brought, God brought me back to the conversations I would have with him about Bob. I loved Bob wholeheartedly. It's a weird flex. But that's what it was. Like, that's the truth. And when you love people wholeheartedly, you kind of love them different. You know, it's like, you have, like, if you, if you have public Instagram, and let me say it like this, you have a public Instagram, you have these, like, random followers, it's very easy to kind of, like, just like, oh, they, I don't really know them like that, you know what I mean? Like, I have a close, like, if you guys use a close friends list on Instagram, it's like, these are my friends that I know, that I trust. And then you have people that you obviously, they probably just found your page through the Explore feed. I don't know who uses Explore feeds, but, you know, they kind of just found your page, and they liked your content, and so there they are, but it's like, you don't know them wholeheartedly. So there are things you don't share with them. And so often we keep God on this like, this back burner because we know he's God. And I feel like the question that he wanted me to present to you today was are you in love with him? Are you in love with the creator of this universe? Because he loves you. The love that God has is so unfathomable. Like there's, there's not even words to explain it. But when you start asking yourself these questions, it's like this trigger in your mind of things that I don't want to hurt you anymore. Because I don't want to jeopardize my relationship. And much like being in love and relationships, it's going to take work. I didn't just wake up and be like, oh yeah, Bob, here we are. Let's go get married or something like that. Like it didn't work that way. I started building a relationship and I started getting closer and I started working at it. Like in general, relationships are effort. I don't know anyone in this entire world that has not had to put effort into a relationship, whether that be a romantic relationship or just friendships. Like I text my friends every day. And some people, they don't. Like, they're like, I can go months without talking. There are some friends, yeah, I can go months without talking to you. And they can text me, and I'm like, oh, hey, what's up, whatever. But there's, like, a close group of friends that I have that I talk to every day. That's effort. I'm introverted, so I actually don't like talking. I don't know how I got this job, but <laughs> I'm actually super introverted. And it takes a lot out of me to have a lot of conversations. That's effort for me. But relationships in general take effort. Now, whether or not you want to put that effort into your relationship with Jesus 
is a question you ask yourself. Start being real with where you're at. I've been doing this for quite some time and I didn't start asking myself these questions until recently. See, the thing is that people, they just wanna meet Jesus once and be like, yes, I'm good. They expect to be just super passionately in love and on fire for the Lord, but they're not doing anything that requires the effort to get there. And so many times we do this thing where it's like we put our Bible on the nightstand and we expect to know God more, but that's not how it works. We can't just be like, yeah, I own the Bible. I'm a Christian. Love God, love people, or something like that, right? You know, the tattoos everybody has. Like, it doesn't work like that. It takes effort. We have to open the Bible. We have to read it because that's how we get to know who God is. And that's how we fall in love with people. You get to know their personality. You get to know their heart. And suddenly you get these weird butterflies. I didn't even know butterflies existed. Like, that's a real thing. I used to, like, I hate cliche things. So when people are like, he gives me butterflies. Like, I hate that. It's too girly for me. I'm slightly tomboy. And it was just like, what are you talking about? But then I met Bob, and all of a sudden, I start getting nervous. I start wanting to watch my words because I don't want to say the wrong thing because I need you to like me because I like you a lot. Like, I didn't know butterflies existed, and I'm telling y'all, if you've never had it, it does. Wait for the person that gives you butterflies because that was real. And I was like, oh, so this is what it's like. And so we can have that same thing with God, but... We have to work for it. We have to do something about it. We can't just come to church on Sundays and be like, here it is. Here's me being in love with God. I'll sing a few worship songs, listen to the passage. No. We've got to start taking time to be a little more intimate, to have those hard conversations. You know? And, and I love that it's just like, when you look at it, in the aspect of like our relationships that we have with people, it makes it easier. Because we, th- for some reason, we think that it's like impossible when it comes to God, but I encourage y'all, look at your closest friendships that you have. Do you ride for that person? You know what I mean? It's not impossible to have that same kind of love, that same kind of relationship, if not better, with God. And so, something that the Highlands is doing, I don't really do a a word for the year, but um, mainly because I've just started, so I need time. But the Highlands, we're doing the word of the year, and Pastor Jeremy gave an incredible message about it. And the word for the year is rooted. Okay, rooted. And if that doesn't, like, I think it just speaks for itself, you know, be deeply rooted. And so, if you look up the word rooted, it literally means, and this is the Webster definition, because I like definitions, but it means to be established deeply and firm. I like to do gardening things. Well, not really. My mom makes me do it. But I do gardening things, and I spent this past weekend pulling out weeds in our flower bed. And so, um, as I was pulling out weeds, like, some of these things were in there tough. Like, I had to really kind of pull, and I don't like that. That's work. I don't want to sit and play Animal Crossing, but my mom was like, no, somebody has to do it, and I'm the only one at home. So as I was pulling it up, I would just kind of like hold these weeds and just realize the roots were so deep in the ground that it took me some work to get it out. And I was like, dang, the word of the year is rooted because we need to be that rooted in God that it's going to take a lot of upshake to pull us from it. 
it's gonna be some, some shaking and some pulling, like you might as well get a shovel, like that's how rooted we need to be in God. And when you think about relationships and you think about being in love, those things are rooted. Like, and I use the example of Bob because I hope it just, it helps you guys put things together because even now that Bob is with someone else, like I'm still rooted in love with Bob. Well, not in love, I said that wrong. I love Bob that it's rooted in me to like our relationship is not gonna be shaken because Bob has now decided to be with someone else. Like that's good, that's great. I love you, I want the best for you. But I took time to be rooted in that relationship. And so it says it in, in Colossians. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. To be rooted. And as if that's not enough, so we just read in John where Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, Hey, if you love me, keep my commandments, right? If you love me, keep my commandments. And I said, okay, God, you said it, I get it, but there's something missing. Because I like to have two or three, two or three things to kind of back it. And so that was in John chapter 14. And it's funny because if you keep reading in 1 John, so you have John and then you have 1 John. John and then 1 John later on. And so in 1 John, who was written by John, it says the same thing. So you have Jesus talking to his disciples. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then if you flip to 1 John chapter 5. I think that's 5. Yeah, chapter 5, verse 2, it says again, everyone who believes, I'm going to start at chapter, in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves, everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children. And if we love God and obey his commandments, if we love God and obey his commandments. In verse 3, it says, Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. So not only did Jesus just tell his disciples, If you love me, keep my commandments. But then after he's crucified and all that good stuff, you have John here saying it again. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love him, keep my commandments. And I think we've overcomplicated it. Because in some twisted way, we've allowed the world to warp our view that his commandments just mean we're not having fun. God is fun. God invented everything we see. He wants us to enjoy these things, but he wants us to enjoy it the right way. It's always a funny story when I read in, in Genesis the, the story of Adam and Eve, and it's just like she gets manipulated by the serpent. She's like, did God really say I can't eat any of the fruit? No, actually, he didn't say that. He just said, don't eat this one. But see, that's how the enemy works, is that he plants a thought in our head of just like, did God really say and then all of a sudden the words get like twisted and it's like, oh, God just doesn't want me to have fun. Oh, God just doesn't want me to eat. You mean to tell me God put all these trees and like fruits, I don't really eat fruit, but he put all this fruit in this garden and all of a sudden God doesn't want you to eat? No, 
He just doesn't want you to eat that specific thing. And it's the same, I'm gonna fall on that one day, watch. It's the same thing of just like, let me just, because we're adults and I get to do this now because I'm not with high schoolers, bless the Lord. But it's like, even with sex. Did God say I can't have sex because I just want to have sex? No, God didn't say don't have sex. He just would rather you do it when you're married. So he never said no. But see, that's what we think. And so then we get to this place where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Because I don't love God enough to keep his commandments. Someone asked me that the other day. I'm just like, how do you do it? And I said, it's because I love God and I want to honor him in that way. So I don't do things that are going to hurt him. If you would have asked me that a couple of weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have gave the same answer. But like I said, I have been strongly convicted with how much I love God. Did God really say that's what, we, that's what we believe when the enemy wants to trick us with, you know, the commandments that God has asked us to keep. And so the question, I just want to leave with y'all. Because I get convicted, and I'm like, nah, someone else has to be convicted, I have to share it. <laughs> Is how much do you love God? And be honest with yourself. I had to be honest. I wasn't... And I'm still getting there. Like, I'm not super deeply in love with God. But now that I know and recognize where I'm at, yeah, I love God, but I'm not in love with God. I'm getting there by the grace of God. But it was something I had to really check myself in. And it used to be like this song back when I was like seven years old. And it was like, love makes the world go around. I don't know who sings it. Love makes the world go around. I don't know. It's a song like that. And it was like, I, again, I, ever since I was a child, I don't really like cheesy things. And it's like, that song is honestly really, really annoying, but it's like, it's the truth. Love really does make the world go round. And as much as people want to ignore that love is the answer, love is the answer. Even general, if you guys have never heard me express why the collective is a collective, is because uh, the word collective means a group of people, right? And so my heart behind the collective is one of my favorite scriptures. It's John 13, 35, and it says, they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love. By the way you love. If you ever want to ask yourself, how can someone know that you are a disciple? I'm going to ask you, how well are you loving people? They will know that you are my disciples by the way you love. And that's my heart behind the reason why I decided to, for this to be the collective. Because my prayer is that we would love so well, that we would love people in this valley so well, that they would know that we are children of God. People have been asking me all week what my response is to the U.S. Capitol, to protests going on, to all of these crazy, ridiculous things that we have honestly never seen until now. And as cheesy as it is, I do believe in taking hands-on action, but my first response outside of prayer is to love people. I don't always agree with people, but because Jesus has commanded me to love, guess what I do? I love. And it's actually not that hard. It's not that hard to be like, you know what? I understand your frustration. I see where you're at. I, even if I don't agree with you, but I still love you. We have a lot of work to do in this world as believers. And it can be so simple as starting with how we love. How much we love God. And I mean truly love God. Like I said, this one relationship with Bob best of my entire life. I don't know if it's going to get better than that. Hopefully, when I get married someday, nobody hears this, but that to me is the best I'm getting, and I'm happy about that. But now I have to do some work inside of my own heart so I can fix my relationship with God. 
to the point where I don't want to do things, I don't want to sin, because I know my sin hurts him and I would never want to do anything to jeopardize that. Because although God can't literally like physically walk away and like honest to God, like ghost me or block me, right? If he could, I would cry like a baby, but then it would be my fault because I chose to do things to hurt him. You know what I mean? So it's just like this, this mindset that I pray that the Lord just rids us of. Because God just wants your love. He wants you in relationship with him. He wants you in communion with him. So no, I don't have like three points for y'all. I literally just have that one sentence of, am I in love with God? I love God, yes. But are you in love? Because if you're in love with him, that'll carry the rest of your life because you don't want to do things like sin and hurt him. Once I realized that conviction, I was like, dang, I got some work to do. And I work in a church, that makes it harder because then I really don't want to do it, but I got to do it so I can be better, so I can be a better person. Are you in love with God? And I can have the words to come up as I finish, but it's just something so simple. Because when we love people, we don't want to do things that hurt them. And my prayer as you guys leave today is that you would be so in love with God that you would think twice before sinning. Whatever that may be, everyone has it differently. But that we would question before we start doing things. I think even myself, if I'm being honest, like I've gotten in the habit of taking advantage of God's grace that it no longer affected me. I did this thing where it was just like, all right, I'll sit now. I'll pray about it later. I know I should be out doing this. I know I should be here with this person, but it's okay. I'll repent later, probably. Like I said, to repent means to turn away. It's not just an apology. If you read Romans chapter 6, it talks about our sin. It's Paul, and he says... Should we keep taking advantage of God's grace because we know it's there? No, of course not. And that's been my prayer over the last couple of weeks because I think as young adults it's really easy to manipulate our own selves into thinking that we're not doing anything wrong. Just one more drink. Just one more hookup.
And if it's not loving and honoring God, then we would want to cut them off. And so with every head bow, I'm just going to give an invitation tonight. Because if you've never been in love with God, you don't even know what I'm saying. But you want to know. I pray that people experience the love that I have in Bob. Because it was one of the most joyful years of my entire life. And if I think Bob is that great, imagine how much greater God is. So if you've never said yes to Jesus and you want to do that, if you raise your hand, I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm not going to do anything to uh, to embarrass you, especially because I'm an introvert, so I don't. But if you just want to say yes, I want that kind of love, that undescribable love, you can raise your hand and, and I'll just pray with you. And the second invitation is, maybe you do know who God is and you love God. But you're not in love. And you just need a moment to reset your heart and your mind on Him. And so you just want to, if you want to raise your hand to say, God, I just want to pray so, so I can be that person that falls more in love with you. I see your hand. Like I said, I'm not going to ask you to, to come up here. I just, I just want to know so I can be in prayer with you. So you can experience this love. Love is truly one of the greatest things in the world. And I mean that. I know it sounds cheesy, but it literally is. And I pray that over you guys. So, dearly Father... We thank you for every person that has responded to this invitation, God. That you would just help them draw near to you so close, God, that we don't want to do things that offend you or hurt you anymore because we just want to be in love. We want to experience that love that you talk about, the love that says you laid your life down for us. God, for every person that raised their hand, just like the song that Morris was about to sing, that we just want to burn for you, God. We want to just be so passionately in love with you that it makes absolutely no sense. God, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. God, we just pray that you put us in position to understand that the love that you have for us so deeply, that we would understand it, that we would begin to live it out, to be the best versions of us that you want us to be, because you love us that much. God, we give you all glory, all honor and praise. And everyone said, you guys stand up, we're just going to sing this chorus real quick. And I, and I encourage y'all, even if you don't know this song, it's called Reviner, and there will be another time where I do get a message about Reviner, because that's one of my favorites, but this song is just talking about, yeah, life is hard. But just like diamonds go through this refinery process, they burn to find the good. And so even in the stores, it says, I want to burn for you, only for you. Let that be your heart cry. That we would love God so much in this moment that he wants to burn.
There's no more bogs, God. There's no more distractions, but let us 